So this is the second part of, uh, of our series uh, entitled Great Jewish Life, and it's the part that I think uh, is Nagea to everybody that is here, because even if you're not dating yet, which was uh, last week's uh, sugya, but this is a sugya that I think we can all certainly relate to, and that is trying to figure out what career to go into. Some of you already may have had a choice, and uh, maybe you knew about it since you were very, very young, and that's great. But many of us have no idea uh, what we want to do with our life, uh, either because we don't know if we want to do anything, or because maybe we want to do more than one thing. And, uh, and it's difficult in life to make that decision to finalize exactly what you think you should be doing in life. So let's talk about it a little bit, and obviously we're not going to be able to solve all of our problems in one uh, half-hour session and to have absolute clarity, but maybe we'll be able to at least uh, crystallize it somewhat. So before we start, it's important to uh, introduce this topic with a letter from Rav Huttner, Rav Huttner writes a letter to a Talmud, a very famous letter, in which the Talmud, there's history to, the, to this letter. I, I, it's a long story, I'd rather, we don't really have time for it this morning, but suffice it to say that there was a, a Talmud of Rav Huttner that went to medical school, and he felt that he wasn't able to, uh, to balance and to juggle his schoolwork, and also at the same time his, his commitment to, to Taira, to Yerushalayim, to Limana Taira. And he felt that he was ill-advised. Uh, you know, maybe Rav Huttner was the one that told him he should go to medical school. It's not clear. I tried to do a little research because I happened to know uh, the person who wrote this letter to Rav Huttner. So... His take on it was that Rav Huttner advised him to go to medical school. Other people say that he really did not give him that advice. But be that as it may, he writes a letter to Rav Huttner and he basically says that he feels he's living a double life. He feels that he's, he has like this tension within, this contradiction of, on one hand, trying to be a ben Taira, have your shamayim, do the right thing, you know, learn and daven. And then on the other hand, he has to find himself in a completely different world of, of uh, those days medical school was probably a lot different than it is today it probably involved a lot uh, a lot of Nisianus perhaps and uh, you know, different challenges and he felt that he wasn't equipped or he didn't uh, he didn't want to have to have that inner tension, inner conflict and Rav Huttner writes him back that you didn't understand if that's your attitude, that you feel it's a, you're living a double life, then you don't understand the right hashkafas hachayim when it comes to having a career. He says if somebody has, let's say, a, uh, an apartment here in, let's say, Queens, then he has another apartment in Manhattan, and in this apartment in Queens is where he has his family in Manhattan. He does things to, you know, let's say that are that nobody knows about in Queens. That's a double life. That's a stira between what he's he's presenting to people as being, and then he has some another hidden a hidden lifestyle that other people don't know about. 
That's a double life. I once had a friend who they found out that his grandfather basically had two separate families. They only found out about it after the Patira, but you know, it was, li- it was in a certain part of the world that I'm not going to say, but it was a part of the world that I guess you could sort of get away with it. And so he lived in one city with one family. He had another city, had a completely different family, and they didn't know that. They each, so he was going on business trips. He was able to somehow pull it off. It was before uh, the Internet and Google and whatever. You were able to do things like that. That's called a double life. That's a double life. There's no way of, of resolving uh, that stira. That's a stira that has no, that has no way of, of, of resolving. Rufundar says that what I'm trying to espouse in my Talmudim is not that you should feel like you're having a double life, but that you're having a broad life. He says it's not that you have two apartments, as I just described, but it's like you have one house with two rooms in the house. That's not a, that's not a double life, that's a broad life. That means that now you have a bigger space to live in. And so when you look at your life and your career as being a stira to, to your kaidesh and chayl, that there, there is a tension there. That's, not, that's a double life. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to, in a perfect world, try to find a harmony between your avedis Hashem and your career. And he says at the end of the letter that kol ha-marech be'echad, that if you're marich in the word echad, if you extend the word echad by shema, literally, then you have a longer life. He says that if you're marich be'echad, meaning if you take the achdus of Hashem in the world and you, you, you sort of extend that to both, not only when you're in the base medish, but also when you're in your career and you're able to show that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the center of the circle and all of the various components are equidistant from that center circle, then that's living a broad life. And the more that you introduce to that world of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the wider the circle gets and the, and the broader your influence becomes as an Ebed Hashem. And that's really, I feel that that letter in particular is, is a charter, a charter letter for our yeshiva, that's how I always feel that, you know, what our mission statement should be, that we're not looking to create uh, just people that are successful in the workforce. We're trying to create a holistic person that is able to be marich be'echa, that's able to come out of yeshiva, a tamad chacham, a person that has an interest in learning and, uh, and that knows how to learn and that is comfortable swimming in the Yama Talmud and that that's really what his she'ifas are, but at the same time recognizes that he needs a parnasa, and, and, but the parnasa is not a stira to learning, it's, it's just a, a broadening of the of Kveit Shemayim. We're trying to be marba Kveit Shemayim in the world, and this is a broadening of that through a, an opportunity that we have to, to work and be mefarnas our families and, and extend, uh, extend the mission of the base Madrash in a broader sense. It's very important to choose a career that you're excited to do. Now, when, if you don't choose a career, and I, there are many people that they make a career choice later in life, and they don't really have a choice at that point in what to, 
what to be, it's because they have to make a parnasa. Let's say they were, whatever their cheshman was, they were learning, uh, which is a great thing to do, but, you know, and they wake up at 30 years old and they have to find something to do, so they take any job that's available to them. And that's the right thing for them to do. But if you're making a decision today when you're a bacher about what to do, you have a golden opportunity to be able to custom tailor a career choice that's very that, that, that fits you, fits your personality, fits what you're good at, fits what you want to really bring to the world. And there's a, uh, there's a quote, it's a Gaiusha quote, but it should be, you know, it could be a Jewish quote also, I guess. It says that if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. There are people that love what they do. They, they're just like, they're excited to go to work. They don't look at, at work as being a daily grind, and oh, I gotta go here, I gotta go there. And, you know, it, it, that might be an attitude of people, but that shouldn't be an attitude of people. A person should try it's not always easy to find, but you should try to find something that you enjoy doing and that you feel you're good at, that you feel that maybe this is what the Rabbi put you here for. Besides for your Avedis if there's something that I want to do, it's this. And you fill in the blank. There's a Chayvis Halvavis that, that speaks about this. You know, you think that guide, career guidance is something that's a new... Uh, a new idea that probably never existed in the times of the Rishayinim, but the Chavis Avavis um, really speaks about this in Shara Bitochen, and he says that how do you find what you want to do? How do you figure that out? I don't know if I want to be a, you know, a doctor, an accountant, a lawyer, or a dentist, a businessman. How do I know what to do? And the Chavis Avavis says that what you do is you try to use process of elimination, Process of elimination is something that really works well in life. And what it means is, like, you ask yourself, what can I not do? Let's, or what do I not want to do? And then if you, have, you start with a list of, like, let's say, 30 career choices, and you say, well, listen, I'm not, I'm not so good in math. Hashem didn't make me good. I don't have a good head of math. That's fine. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just, you're not good in math. That is Hashem's way of steering you away from certain career choices. So you can cross out maybe actuary, uh, being a professor of mathematics, being a, uh, maybe an accountant. Uh, there are certain things you need to be very good at math, and if you're not good at math, then, you know, then that just makes it easier for you to figure out what you're not supposed to be doing. If you're not very good with, uh, with legal matters, you're not, your mind isn't, isn't wired that way. There are people that are brilliant you know, at law, at uh, understanding uh, certain concepts. And there are some people, I remember I took business law in, in college. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't, uh, I think I did well in it, but I didn't, it wasn't like, didn't have an appeal to me. And a lot of my friends were going to law school, and my father certainly wanted me to be a lawyer. It just didn't, it didn't, it wasn't exciting to me. It just there was something about it that was like very, some people are like, you know, they're enamored by it. So if you are enamored by it, then that should be definitely something that you consider because it's important. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, for some people, if you love law, it's a great thing. If you can find a, and we'll talk about it soon, but that's a wonderful thing. Certain, certain people, you know, they, they, they're not good at law or they wouldn't be good at law, so then that's, a, that's good. That, that means that you could cross that one off the list. And then by process of elimination, we're able to sort of get down to, uh, to things that are 
that are closer to what I like. If let's say I like the healthcare field, so you know you have to see whether or not you can. You want to be a doctor. That's a very long process, and people. It really weeds out a lot of people that that should not be doctors, and that's part of what the MCATs is and, and the interview process with a... Because they could smell out sort of, you know, whether you're doing it for the COVID, whether you're doing it for the money, or whether you're doing it because you really want to do it. Because if you don't... Not because they're trying to be, like, really uh, elitist, but if you don't really want to do it, it's going to be really hard to get through all of that schooling for something that's not, that's not, that's not primary in your life. And I've seen guys in yeshiva, not more than one, many guys. They, I just met, bumped into one, I think it was two nights ago. He got into medical school. He made it. He got, got into, I think it was, I think it was Turo's Medical School, New York School of Medicine. And he was all ready to go. In fact, I, I assumed that he was in medical school. And I, you know, I said, no, has medical? He said, no, I decided the last minute he dropped out. He, he didn't even, I don't think he started. He just realized, like, after putting in so much time and so much, you know, energy and effort to becoming a doctor, all of a sudden he realized that, I don't really want to be a doctor. I don't want to do it. And guys have done that with dentist school also, sometimes before it started, but sometimes deep into it, and they just sort of aborted that mission because they felt, at the end of the day, they were, they were doing it for the wrong reasons, or they realized when they were there that it's not for them. So... If it's, if it's for you, if that's your dream, then do it because it's a, it's a wonderful career. It's a, you're helping people. You're, you're constantly doing a chesed with somebody uh, if you're a doctor, but you have to really want to be a doctor. You have to really want to be a dentist. I always say that being a dentist is a, it's a great field. You make good money, make your own hours, you can learn, you can, you know, it's a, you can get some covet from it, you know, you can play golf one day a week. It's it's a it's a nice nice field being a dentist. There's only one problem with being a dentist. That's you have to be a dentist. It's fun, it's an amazing career if you could do it. If you don't mind, you know, sticking your hand in somebody's mouth all day and watching them drool and like and and, and you know drilling holes in their teeth and watching them squirm. It's a great, you know, it's a great career. It really is. And we have tons of guys in yeshiva that have become dentists and are doing well at it, you know, and many more that are in the process of becoming dentists. And I don't mean to, I don't mean to be, you know, cynical about it. It is a great field. It's just that it's not for everybody. Sometimes you realize, like, too late. I, I know that I liked all the reasons. I, I had good kavana to be a dentist, but then, but do I really want to be a dentist? I don't know. That's a different question. I know I want to be a doctor, but do I have what it takes to get through all that schooling? Is it that worth it for me? Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. If the answer is no, then maybe being a PA is something that's a consideration. It's much less school, and you get to do a lot of the, the chesed and the, the medicinal you know, uh, work that you would as a doctor, but with maybe half the schooling, maybe less. So these are all things that you have to have to consider, and this is really all Mechavis Havavis. Mechavis Havavis gives you the Dastaira about choosing careers, and, um, and that's why it's something that um, something that you should all uh, look into, learn that piece in Mechavis Havavis. I'll be happy to show it to you uh, whenever you ask me to show it. Now, so let's talk about a, um, a, few, of, a few of the careers 
that are available and, uh, and just talk about each of them very briefly. So let's start with, uh, let's start with Kaidish, Kaidish Kadashim, let's call it. And that is Kailal. Kailal, I know it doesn't sound, it sounds funny to call it a career, but in a sense it is. You know, the question has always been raised, like, you know, aren't you supposed to earn a parnasah, b'zeas, apecha? So how does Kailal guys, why do they not have to, why do they not have to work? Why does the rest of us have to work? And I, the answer is that Kailal guys work also. It's also a form of work. If you're, if you're learning, it's, it's, it's an avaydas part. It's very hard. You have to, you have to be at Seder on time. You have to leave on time. You're getting a paycheck for so it's a job like like It's not a job like any other job, but it's a job in terms of cheshem mishpat. You have certain responsibilities to be on time and to leave not before the end and to, and to give your all. And you're earning money. You're earning the money that either from the kailal or from you know family members or whoever it is that's helping you out. That's a career as well. And it is a choice. Everybody has that that choice if they should so choose and they feel like that they're cut out for it. Like the Rambam says that Veloy Shevet Levi Bulvad, the Rambam at the end of Hilchus Shemitah V'yayvel says that it's not just Shevet Levi that uh, can learn all day, but it's anyone that decides that they have Asher Nadva Rucha and Aisam, that they have this certain uh, spirit that that is... Um, that wants to dedicate their lives to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be there for them. He's uh, sanctifying HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name. It's a, it is a career choice, and it's the most exalted of all choices, but obviously it's not for everybody. Uh, it's, a wonderful, it's a wonderful idea in principle if you could do it, and if you have that, that resolve, and it's a lot of mysterious nevich because you're not making at all a lot of money generally for doing that, but it's something that it should be a consideration for every, every bentire. It doesn't have to be something that you end up doing, but at least you shouldn't feel like it's that, that's not for me. You never know. Maybe it is for you. Maybe it's something that if you really get into learning in yeshiva and you're, you love it. There, we, I have Talmidim that went through Lander College for Men. They got a college degree, and they're still learning Kailal. Some 15, 20 years later, they're still learning Kailal. And they're amazing. They're you know they're tremendous today in Eretz Israel and Lakewood, but that's an, that's that is a choice, something that you should consider. Then of course there is the step under that, um, and that's going into chinuch. And you know going into chinuch is a, it's also a career choice. It's not something that as well people many people in yeshiva always consider um, but if you have that interest uh, it is a wonderful career choice it's something that enables you to stay in the Eilam HaTaira in, in a makam of Kedusha and Tara and, and, and you're able to give over Tara to Talmidim the Sipuk I think is, uh, is unparalleled, I don't think you'll have Sipuk doing anything uh, else in life like you get the Sipuk, the satisfaction of learning in uh, in uh, of giving uh, uh, being in chinuch being mechanech the next generation, but you need uh, you need mesiris nefesh for it. It's not for everybody because there is uh, it, it doesn't it's not a very lucrative field unfortunately, and um, 
and when something's not as lucrative, then it's it's some somehow it's not uh, it's not as sought after for obvious reasons. You want to be able to be responsible. You want to pay your bills. You want to be able to not have the pressure of always you know having difficulty covering your costs and uh, and 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 kailal and chinuch very often is not. It's not enough alone sometimes, unless you're supplementing it with other things. But al teva, it's difficult. But there are still people that are going into chinuch, believe it or not, and, and they're dedicated, and they, uh, and they have wives that are very dedicated and children that are into it. But it's, and we have many, many Talmidim that are very good at what they do in chinuch, and they, many of them enjoy it greatly, and they're very successful, Baruch Hashem. And it's something also to consider. It's something. It's something that, you know, if you're in yeshiva and you're learning and you enjoy it and you like giving over a shear, maybe when you're at home, and you, uh, you know, you give a shear to in, in your local shuls, maybe on Yantif or Shabbos or wherever, and you enjoy it and you feel it gives you like a, a rush and a high. Maybe it's something to consider. And you could do these things, by the way, part time also. You can. You can. There are people that are rabbanim on Shabbos and during the week they're lawyers. You could do that if you want. But you have to know if it speaks to you. If it speaks to you, then I think it's it should be a consideration for everybody. But if it doesn't, then obviously you're not doing anyone a chesed by being a rebbe when you don't really want to be a rebbe. And that I've had rebbeim throughout my elementary school, one in particular, that there was no reason in the world that he should have been a rebbe. And the principal hired him, and it was a wasted year. He had no control over the class. He was not a natural... Uh, teacher, he didn't he didn't give over things clearly, and it was literally he wasted twenty eight kids' lives for that year instead of being able to be taught by a rebbe that could have actually, you know, taught us something, given us over something in a meaningful way. It was a wasted year. For who? Who was he doing the chesed for? That was for him or for us? And so, if you're if you're not varucha, if you have that interest, then you should figure out a way to do it because it's very it's wonderful to have sipuk. But if you're not, if you're not interested, then you should not be doing it. Don't do it just for the sake of doing it. Now, let's go into the the general careers. Um, touch upon each of them very briefly. So, Chazal say that you're supposed to choose an umnes nikia vekala, an umnes which is clean and relatively easy. Meaning something that's not so super taxing, like something that's not that that's not going to make your whole life like impossibly hard. Something that you could you could do, you can make a parnasa, and you don't you don't have to be all in, all consumed by it. I once heard a tape, a recording of a barrel wine. A barrel wine is a noted rob and historian and author. But I don't know how many know that he was also a very successful lawyer in his first uh, in his first part of his career. He went to a, a very I think he went to an Ivy League law school, and then he was a lawyer in a very hush of a firm in Chicago, I believe, and and he was like making very very good money uh, as as the top lawyers do. But after a while, he he quit and he went into Rabbanus. And he said on the shir, he says, I thought that law was an umnus nekiyavakala. I thought, you know, I mean, what is umnus nekiyavakala? It means you don't have to, you know, work in a, in a sweatshop and you don't have to dig ditches and you don't have to be a, uh, somebody that's really... But he says, it's not. 
because the type of law, at least that he was practicing, was one that he was so busy day and night, he had to work like crazy hours, and uh, it wasn't in this Kindekei Valley. Obviously, he, he got to wear a nice suit every day. Maybe they, 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 they gave him a good, uh, you know, they, they, they provided him lunch, or they, he was able to go out to fancy restaurants. But, that, but in terms of the hours, the sheer manpower that he had to put in in order to be in this career track was impossible. It was impossible for him, he felt, and it wasn't what he wanted to do, and he left. Then he went into Rabbanus, and he became you know, great in this field. But it's important to, to think about that when you're, if you are considering a career in law, which is a great career, especially if you're smart and, you're, you, know, and you're, you have a good legal mind and you feel like you're, you'd be very, very good at it, but you have to try before you get into it to figure out like what type of law you want to practice and, and you also have to be very true to a core system of values uh, before you start because if you're going to try to make the most money possible and join like these really fancy, I think they call it white shoe law firms that are, you're, you will not have a life. You will literally, and I have friends that did this. I have friends my age and they were, and they gave, they gave up like their lives to the firm. They made a lot of money and they still make a lot of money but they literally, you know, they were never home. They were home Shabbos. That was it. They, they had to stay in the office, at least in the early part of their careers before they made partner and maybe beyond. They were there literally until like 3 o'clock in the morning. They'd come home, shower, throw on their tefillin a little bit, you know, maybe get a little sleep, and then go back and be back in the office at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. I remember my friend once told me that he... Uh, he came home one night. He just took off from the firm. He wanted to like do homework with his kid and you know and tuck him into bed. He comes in. It was like a Wednesday night. He comes into the house, and his kid was like sitting on the floor playing with a with a with a game. And he looks up. He says, "Tati, is it Shabbos?" Like he couldn't believe that he'd see his father during the week. You know, it must be Shabbos. If his father's home at night, it must be Shabbos. There's no other choice. So there are people that work as lawyers, but they don't work in these big fancy firms that that's expected of them. They work, you know, different. They work in more laid back, more Heimisha firms, or uh, maybe they work for the city, uh, things like that. You're not going to make nearly as much money, but you'll get to do what you enjoy doing, and you'll be able to also be able to spend time with your family and be able to learn and and daven like a mensch and try to figure that out because that is. It's, law could be a, a wonderful career, but it also is very time-consuming uh, if you're choosing that type of, uh, of trajectory of trying to make the most money possible in law. It sometimes doesn't work out so well. Like we spoke about before, uh, healthcare is a wonderful field. Uh, there's a lot of different choices today that didn't exist uh, years ago. Uh, being a PA, I don't remember that as being a career choice when I was when I was in school, um, or uh, or being a uh, a nurse practitioner. Or there's field, there's there's types of medicine that you could practice that is uh, is very lucrative, but it's not being a doctor, because like I said before, being a doctor is amazing, or being a surgeon is really amazing, and being a, you know, a an Uber surgeon is real, but it's you know, to get to that level, you have to invest years and years of your life in school, 
and uh, and and it, it, you'll rack up a lot of bills and student loans and debt, and uh, it's not for everybody. It's for a select few people that really feel like that they could do this and they want and they need to do this. This is their dream, but it's really not for everybody. But if you do want to go into healthcare, there are there are options out there that are wonderful options that are are you know you can re- make a really nice salary. I have a Talmud who. Uh, he was in Kyle until he was in his 30s, and then he came to me to speak, and he told me that he's he's considering, and he was in Chinuch, and he's a rav, and he you know a very very uh, successful person in in Avedis But then he felt that he wanted to go for a, P, a career in PA, and he went back to school, and he he did the sciences uh, here, and then he uh, he continued, and he uh, he's in the middle, he's almost finished with PA school. He wants to like open a clinic in his. In his house, he lives in a in a community that has a lot of Jews, and he wants to make it as a business and also as a as a to help people. And I'm sure he'll do amazing. But there there, there are many options today in the field of medicine other than being a doctor. Uh, that is uh, that that's very very uh, good to consider. A business is uh, is something that a lot of people like because you can make a lot of money. And people like making a lot of money, understandably so. Uh, but it comes with, uh, it also comes with milas and chesaros. The mila is that you can work and you can make good money. You don't have to work crazy, crazy hours necessarily. You can sometimes be matzliach without working that that hard. Um, the the chesar in a business is that uh, you don't always have the, you're not always matzliach in business. You know, if you hit it, if you hit on a great idea and you understand business and how to do it, it's fine. But a lot of times it doesn't work out that way or you have, uh, you know, unsuccessful uh, attempts at, at entrepreneurship and a business. Um, and there's also a lot of ethical issues involved. With, by the way, ethical issues exist in all of the careers. Uh, I have a relative who is a, who's a doctor and he was at a certain hospital, and the uh, you know they pretty much expected him at one point to uh, to pull the plug on patients. It sounds like something that you know happened in the 1800s, but it really it's a it's unfortunately not so uncommon uh, within the normal healthcare system within the guidelines. I think of all they're not doing something necessarily illegal. It's it's against halacha. It's murder, but it might be it might be condoned by the. Uh, by, by you know the the medical field, and so they were expecting to do it. He had to quit his job and do something else uh, in the medical field. And but it's there's there's a lot of challenges with all careers, with law and with healthcare and with uh, but business especially has a lot of ways that people could easily cheat other people and deceive and 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 sell products that are that are not what was promised and build it up. And these are. There are a lot of halachas in Chaysh Mishpat that have to be uh, really learned well. I think they say a story about a shaykhet that he told, uh, I believe it was Rabbi Salanta, that he was leaving the field of shechita because there's too many halachas, too much achrayas. Uh, you know, you have to make sure to do it all right. And if you don't, people are going to eat tarfas because of you. He says, oh, so what field are you going into? He says, I'm going into business. He says, you think that there's no halachas in business? There's a much more halachas about business. A whole volume of Shulchan Aruch, in Shechita, there's a few simanim about Elfet Shechita. 
about Chayshem Mishpah, you have so many things. Or about ribis and being, uh, you know, and 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 cheating people. Einas Devarim and Einas Mamen and uh, different. There's a million different halachas you need to know to go into business and to not. Uh, you know, dina de machusadina and taxes and uh, and and clients and 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 relationships and dina de varmetzra and all types of hasagas uh, gevul. You have to either have a good rav and 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 listen to what he says, or you have to be a buck in it yourself. And that's why in yeshiva, to our great credit, we have a a whole track that whatever whatever career track you're on, you have to take. Uh, halacha, uh, I think one or two courses about halacha pertaining to that particular field. And that was Dr. Sokol's chiddush to do, and I think it's a great idea. You get somebody that teaches you the halacha is a business, if you're going for business, if you're going for medicine, halacha is pertaining to medicine, halacha is pertaining to law, halacha is pertaining to, uh, to, to, to any of these fields to understand what Hakrishparhu has to say, what halacha has to say about these particular fields. But just to conclude, there's a pasuk that says, that in all of your fields, in all of your tracks, all of your journey in life, you have to know which means that whatever career you choose, and you should always, by the way, speak to a, a, a Rav, a Rashiva, somebody that you really trust before you finally make a decision or make a final decision about what career to go into. It's a, it's a major, major question, and you need Das Tire for it. You need to understand what you, know, what you should be looking for, what you should not be looking for, whether it's good for you specifically, whether you can take the many Nisyanists that come with that particular field. I remember I had a Talmud who was working in a, I think he was an accountant, and he worked in a certain uh, office, uh, and it was a Gaisha office, and um, he told me that it was Kratzmach time. This this Tom was like a very tall guy, and they were making like an office party. So they were decorating the office. They put a tree in the office, and um, during the winter season, for some reason, and then um, they said uh, they had like this star that they put on top of the tree. So yeah, everyone in the office was like, you know, like average height. This guy was very tall. They said, hey, uh, hey, John, would you, you know, would you mind uh, putting this on top of the tree? He didn't have a time to, to call a Rebbe or a Rav or whatever. So he just like automatically did it. I'm not saying if that's a, you know, he did the right thing or not. But the point is that there's a lot of challenges uh, to being out in the workforce. There's a lot of different things that you wouldn't even think about. And, you know, and you have to be very strong. You have to be strong not to, uh, not to try to be too friendly with the people that you're working with. You have to make Kiddush Hashem. You have to be the nicest person. Rapam used to say that if you go out to work, you have to be the, ni- the, the nicest person at work. You have to come early. You have to leave on time. You have to be impe- impeccably honest. But you have to find the right balance because if you're too schmoozy with the people, you know, in whatever, if you're in a hospital, you're a corporation, or you're in a, a law firm, and you're too talkative to, to women there or even to men, and then you get pulled into their orbit, into their hashkafa, and they befriend you, and it's a very, very slippery slope. People have a lot of trouble when that happens in life because, you know, they were in yeshiva, they were very secluded and isolated, and, and then all of a sudden they go out to the world, and they want to be friendly, they want to, you know, be a part of the team, but there is sometimes very, very dangerous, uh, uh, dangerous terrain that comes with that. 
and you can get too close to people, and you can get too schmoozy and too social with people, and then before you know it, you're going out with them to bars after work and bechule, and it, it, so you have to know what you're getting yourself into because it's dangerous out there. It's a dangerous world for a, for a ben Taira. So the bottom line is that you have to know in anything that you go into. And when you are choosing a career and hopefully you're excited about the career that you're choosing and you feel it's really up your alley, it's something that you're going to enjoy, you'll be good at, you'll, you'll be but you have to make work backwards. Like find out how will my Abedis Hashem be the best um, choosing this career? Which career should I choose that I could be the best Ebed Hashem? And within the career that I've chosen, how do I do that? And if you have that in mind, just like we started with Rav Hutner's letter, your Marech Be'echad, you extend the Achtas of Hashem, and you understand that it's not just in the base Medrash that you could find HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu could be, could be engaged and encountered in every facet of life whether you're in base matters, whether you're in a classroom, or whether you're in a boardroom, or whether you're in a, in a surgery room, whatever it is, you could be Makadishim Shemayim, but that's the goal. The goal is not to make a lot of money. The goal is, I want to be Mephanerist my family, that's very important also, but I ultimately want to make sure that I'm true to myself, that I'm a Ben Taira throughout my entire life, that when, I, when I'm 80, 90 years old and I'm retired, and I look back on my career, I could say, Baruch Hashem, I did the right thing. I did the right thing. I was a Ben Taira. I stayed firm. I stayed true to my core values. And I was, uh, I was able to keep up my starim in learning. I went to, to I was able to dive with the minion a lot and have Shabbos and raise a nice family. That has to be what you're thinking about today. Not, not when you're 90. When you're 90, it's too late. Now you have the opportunity to choose that perfect career for you if there is such a thing. And then once you've decided on the career, now you have to build your, your tzuras hachayim around that goal. So if you're an accountant, you have to figure out, okay, how do I get into the firm that I want to be into? Once I'm in that firm, how could I make gedarm for myself? How can I make starm for myself? And the same is true for every career that you choose, to be able to have a holistic, beautiful life to be able to have a family, spend time with your family, be mashpia on a community in, a, in, some, in some form or another, whether it's giving a shear, whether it's having achnasas archem, being involved in chesed, whatever it is, and making a parnasa, being, being a good worker, being honest, being, being from at the workplace, and always being mekadishim shemaim. That should be the end result. So mitzvah Hashem, we should. Uh, so now that we're experts in dating and marriage and in career, now next week in mitzvah Hashem we'll talk about community and uh, and and what that involves, uh, how to choose a community. I don't want to give away the whole shir because I want the island coming back. And then um, and then mitzvah Hashem, the fourth week we will have a Q and A. So keep all your questions uh, in mind or write them down, and then we will mitzvah Hashem discuss them all.